Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So good to see everybody. I just, uh, I just walked around praying for everyone tonight, and I just thank God for all of you. I mean, I want you to know the staff. We really love you all dearly. We're so glad you're here. Listen, will you stand with me for a minute, and we're going to just do a confession. I love doing this. I want to make the enemy nervous. So will you, if you've got your Bible or your phones, hold it up and say, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I believe what it says. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Today I'll take another step toward God's perfect will. I am energized by the Holy Spirit. I have the desire, discipline, and determination to be all that God has called me to be. All right. God, I pray tonight. I pray that your anointing will flow, God. I have studied to prepare myself. I pray it won't be my words. It will be you, Holy Spirit. Always our heartfelt desires that will come and be transformed and renewed by your word. God, even now, just touch all of us. Father, I pray for clarity of thought. There's people that have come in tonight, and I sense that they're carrying some heavy things, people joining us online, and we just lay those at your feet. We have a heart of expectation and anticipation in what you're going to do in our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can walk with your peace and joy, that you're our Savior, our Rock, and our Redeemer, and all God's precious people said, Amen. Amen. All right, well, I have to do the... Re you can sit down. You're all so cute. You're gonna It'd be funny if I forgot and just had you stand all night. I have a joke for you, and I really like this joke. Two boys were misbehaving, and their mom went to the local pastor to look for advice, and the pastor thought it would be best if the boys learned integrity. Say integrity. integrity. So by way of understanding that God is everywhere, and he sees everything you do, and you shouldn't misbehave. And so the mother and the pastor thought it would be best if he talked to the boys, and the mom agreed to bring the boys to talk to him one at a time. She brought the first boy... John Robert to the church and she left the second boy Joshua Blair at home and she took John Robert into the pastor's office and she stayed outside while the pastor and John talked in depth. Where is God? The pastor calmly asked expecting to make the point that God is everywhere. John was petrified and he couldn't even say anything. So the pastor again said slightly louder, John Robert, where is God? In a firm voice. And John just looked at him with big eyes and still said nothing. So the pastor stood up and he slammed his hands on the desk and he yelled, Where is God? Well, John Roberts stood up and ran out of the office and he went past his mom and he ran all the way home. And he came screaming in the front door and he ran straight to Josh's room. He opened the door and he said, God is missing and they think we took him. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a thumbs up. We're going to be talking tonight about living with integrity, and we're looking at Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
This is in the Beatitudes. And Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount that you're blessed when your heart is pure. Say pure. pure. People wonder what does pure in heart mean? Well, today we would use the word integrity. God blesses you when you live your life with integrity. Listen, integrity doesn't mean that you're sinless. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Nobody's perfect. It doesn't mean that we never make a mistake. A heart that is pure is constantly in the process of being cleansed. It's sincere and it stands in the truth of God's word and it walks with righteousness. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible talks about how Noah, Abraham, David, and Paul had integrity. But when you read the word of God, none of them were perfect. God called David a man after his own heart. And David, of all people, was a sinful man. He lusted after Bathsheba. He had her husband killed. He made a lot of mistakes. And yet, he repented and had a, had a heart that longed after God. You need a heart that's wholly committed to God. Say, wholly committed. Integrity in the Webster's Dictionary, and I looked it up online, it says it's the quality or state of being complete or undivided or incorruptible. God is more interested in where your heart's at than he is in the sins that you've committed. Where is your heart at? He wants us to have a sincere heart that seeks after him. He's more interested in why you do what you do than what you do. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, God said, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. Ecclesiastes 7, 1, I'm going to drive the media team crazy, by the way. I'll just tell you up front, because I throw out scripture. I gave them a list of scripture, and I'm already throwing out a scripture I didn't give them. Sorry, guys, I memorize scripture. It just comes out. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 says, a good reputation is more valuable than the most expensive perfume. So just for fun, when I read that, I googled what is the most expensive perfume in the world. I looked it up, I googled it, this has to be accurate. You know what it is? It's made in Dubai and it costs 1.8 million dollars a bottle. 1.8 million dollars a bottle. It has gold and diamonds in it and they deliver it to you in a Bentley. It's not on my Christmas list, don't worry about it, okay? I could tell you were getting nervous. My kids were really nervous. A good reputation is more valuable than the most expensive perfume. That kind of brings new meaning to that. Listen, we're never going to be sinless, but we can live a life where we sin less. That's what the ultimate desire is. I want to encourage you. My whole thrust is I want to encourage you to commit to living your life with more integrity and to maintain a heart that's pure and devoted to God. Our culture, unfortunately, is obsessed with appearance. God doesn't care about how you look or how popular you are. You get to experience the present power and purpose of God. You get to live in the peace of God, and you experience the pardon of God. When you walk with him, you know who he is, and you know him intimately as you seek him more fully. My precious friends, do you have a heart that seeks after God? Would others say you're a person of integrity? That's my whole goal in life. When I pass away, I want people to say, she had a heart that sought after God. She had integrity. 
So I'm going to talk about three words that I think define purity. Wholeness, authenticity, and unmixed motivation. Wholeness. Wholeness means that your life isn't divided into compartments or into segments. It comes from the word integer, a whole number, not a fraction, not a decimal. Integer means whole and unseparated. Integrity means your life is whole. It is consistent, it's not divided. Segregate means that you divide things into different categories. You even divide people into categories. You're a certain way when you're at work, you're a certain way when you're at the gym, you're a certain way when you're at church. Some people go to church and praise God, but then they want to go to a movie that's R-rated and isn't really uplifting to who God is. You guys got really quiet. We kind of get it mixed up. So here's my illustration. I have here a pumpkin pie. I have a whole pumpkin pie. I will not stick my fingers in it. Okay. By the way, I have a wounded left shoulder, so I'm just really doing my best here. I'm going to cut this pie into different pieces. And I'm going to ask Lorraine, will you come help me, please? So I've cut it into eight pieces. And you all, oh my gosh, you can really smell this pumpkin pie. I think we should have brought a fork up and we could just stop and start eating. Okay, so let's pull out one piece, Lorraine. Thank you for being my assistant. Got it? Okay, good job. Okay, we're gonna call this church. Okay, let's do another piece. It smells so good. Can you guys smell this on the front row? Oh man, it smells really good. Okay, we're gonna call this one church. Just keep them coming. We're gonna call this one career. I should have used my right hand, I keep forgetting. Wait a second, sorry, it's me. The left hand's just better. It's getting better, it's just not 100%. We'll call this one the gym, all right? We're gonna call this one school. I'm just making a good mess up here. We're gonna call this one sports. Oh, you need a plate, huh? Here, I'll just give you my hand. <laughs> okay, we're gonna call this one family. All right. That's all right. Chris is your husband. He'll be really nice to you if you spill it on the carpet. He won't be so nice to me. It's okay. Right? Chris loves you dearly. We're going to call this family. Did I do family? Sports. Okay. Probably needed a bigger table here. And then finally, the one that we all have but we don't like to talk about. We're going to call this one your secret life. Okay. Now here's my point. I can do this without. No okay. I've cut this into different sections. Gym, school, family. Neighborhood, career, church, sports, secret life. It is all pumpkin pie. Even though I have separated it out into different pieces, it is the same inside. It's the same inside. Listen, when you have a pure life of integrity, it's the same. You're the same wherever you go. Wholeness. You don't divide it into different parts. It's the filling in the pie. We should be exactly the same with everybody we talk to. No matter where we go, what, whatever part of life we're dealing with, 
You don't have to change for anyone or change anywhere. Are you as nice at home as you are to people at church? You don't have to be different. Number two, authenticity. You don't change or wear a mask. You're not fake, you're not phony. You keep it real. You're exactly who you appear to be. You act the same way no matter who you're around. If we lived in a glass house and people could see everything we do and hear everything we say, would we be the same in that glass house as we are at work, at the gym, at church, and wherever we go? And John, I think, talked a couple of weeks ago about Plato and Socrates, and they used to write plays, and in those days they had one or two actors, and they would run backstage, put a mask on, and come out and be one person, and then they'd run backstage, put another mask on, come out and be that person, and they used the word hypocritus, which is where we get our word hypocrite. Hypocrite means you're wearing a mask. Integrity means that you're not pretending to be something you're not. Some of you aren't always up front, and you don't even know because you're not always up front, and you tend to distort the truth a bit. You don't even know what you've said where you've said it. And you walk in confusion, and you walk with a bit of trepidation because you're not sure what you said because you're not being complete and whole and authentic around people. Number three, unmixed motivation. You do the right thing sometimes, but when you have unmixed motivation, you do the right thing, but you do it for the right reason. You're sincere and straightforward in your parent heart. You're the same no matter who's looking at you. You think, act, and you do the same thing wherever you are. God's interested in your integrity. Man is interested in your appearance and your reputation. Reputation is what everybody thinks you are. Integrity is who you are when you're alone with God. And you should be the same when you're alone with God as when you're with other people. Proverbs 11:20 says the Lord hates people with twisted hearts, but he delights in those who have integrity. God wants to delight in you. A twisted heart is perverse. It's perverted, it's deceitful, it's fake, it's phony. It's not the real you. God wants you to be a person with a pure heart, with integrity. And there's a lot of benefits of living with integrity. And the first one is that you walk with confidence and with strength. You're not putting on a front, and so you have the confidence because you are like Christ and your strength is coming from who he is. You have the freedom to be who you are. It's relaxing and strengthening because you're being Christ to those around you. Proverbs 10.9 says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. You're honest to be yourself instead of trying to please people and trying to think the way that you think they want you to be. Do you change your personality for some people that you're around? You're on solid and firm ground. You know, Bob and I went to um, South Dakota, and it was snowing, and it was so icy, and I had to watch every step I took, and I tried to walk where they had put down um, salt so that I could have sure and firm footing. When you have integrity, you have sure and firm footing. You're not going to slip or slide. 
Proverbs 11.3, the beginning of the verse, it says, the integrity of the honest keeps them on task. When you have a pure heart, you see God clearly, and you know his purpose, and you know his plan for you. The second thing is you have a lasting legacy. Say legacy. legacy. Great. Your greatest legacy is the integrity, and it will last from generations to generations. Listen, my precious friends, when you make a decision, that decision is a blessing or a curse to thousands of generations. Thousands of generations. If you think your decisions are only influencing your life, you're wrong. I want to leave a legacy. When Bob passed away in February over a year ago, one of the things I had to do is pick myself up and move forward. I did not want my kids to look at me and think, okay, dad's gone, we're going to curl up and life will never be the same. Granted, life is not the same with Bob gone, but God is the same. God didn't change. Who we are in him didn't change. And I realized that my decisions impacted not just my life, but my kids' life, the church's life, and thousands of generations. And I didn't want to stand in front of you and talk about faith and not be able to live in faith on one of the most difficult journeys I've gone through. I want to leave a legacy a lasting legacy. And the integrity that you have, my friends, it translates to the people around you. Do you realize you're the only Bible some people are going to see? You are Jesus to people. They need to know that you are who you are and that you have integrity. Proverbs 27 says, A righteous person lives on the basis of his integrity. Blessed are his children after he's gone. Look at Job. Job lost everything. Job 8, 5 through 7 says, If you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you're pure and live with integrity, He will surely rise up and restore your happy home. Though you started with little, you'll end up with much. He left a legacy. He lost it all, and then he got it back. And the third thing is, you have the blessings of rewards in eternity. Matthew 25, 21, the Master answered, You did well. You are a good and loyal servant. Because you are loyal with small things, I'll let you care for greater things. When I stand in heaven in front of the Lord, I want him to look at me and say, well done, my faithful servant. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I would think at this age I would do better and not fall flat on my face as many times as I do and not falter the way I do. But my heart wants to be a heart that seeks after God. I want to be his servant. I want people to see Jesus in me where I go. I want to touch and change lives. I want to impact my family, the church, my neighborhood, and the world. Listen, when I walk, I drive Gracie, my Siberian Husky, crazy. I walk, I see neighbors. I'm like radar. Even John walked with me quite a while ago, and he goes, Mom, I can tell you're getting older because when you walk, you stop and talk to everybody. And I looked at John, and I said, it has nothing to do with age. I want to touch and minister to everybody I see when I walk. And so the other day I was walking. I mean, it's the Lord. I want, to, I want to be nice. I want to smile. I don't care if they don't smile at me. I don't care if they run away from me. I want to be there if they need anything. And so I have some neighbors about three blocks down the street, and I can't walk Gracie right now because of my wounded shoulder. So Lauren was walking Gracie and with me. And I saw my neighbors, and they were sitting out on their porch, and I stopped. Hi, how are you? And Gracie sat down. Oh, no, here she goes. I said, how are you guys doing? 
And I walked over close to him, and they were like, oh, we're fine. Well, the wife had told me her husband's going to Turkey. He lost a sister and a brother in the last two months. He's quite a bit older. He's in his 80s. He doesn't want his kids to go with him. He's going to go alone. And so I walked over to where they were, and I stood, and I looked at him and looked him in the eye, and I said, I know you're going to Turkey. I'm praying for you. And a tear came down his face. And I looked at him, and I said, I'm praying for your protection. I'm praying for clarity. I'm praying that God will orchestrate your every footstep. And I touched, touched him with my good hand, and I said, can I trust you? Do you need a chaperone? Will you stay out of trouble? And he grabbed me so hard. I had my arm in a sling. It hurt. And he was patting me on the back. And I was like, <laughs> and he just hugged me really hard. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And then he released me. And his wife's like, she's got a sling. Don't touch her. Don't touch her. You know, and Gracie's still sitting like, any day now. And he looked at me and he said, will you pray for my wife while I'm gone? Absolutely. Let me pray with you right now. What a privilege and honor. I don't know if they go to church. I don't know if they read the word. I want to be God, the word of God to them. I want to be Jesus to the people I see. The blessings of rewards in eternity. Let's protect God's glory and reputation and be reflective of who he is. How do you live your life with integrity? Psalms 15, 1 through 5 says, O Lord, who may stay in your tent, who may live on your holy mountain, the one who walks with integrity does what is righteous, and he speaks the truth within his heart. Verse 3, the one who does not slander with his tongue, do evil to a friend or bring disgrace to his neighbor, the one who despises those rejected by God but honors those who fear the Lord, the one who makes a promise and does not break it, even though he's hurt by it, the one who does not collect interest on a loan or take a bribe against an innocent person, whoever does these things will never be shaken. It says, speak the truth, refuse to slander others with your words. Even if you don't agree with them politically or religiously or whatever, don't slander them with your words. It's, it's telling you to not gossip or meddle. Don't be evil to a friend and be generous. Live life with wholeness, authenticity, and unmixed motivation. So the characteristics of integrity are, number one, be a person of integrity by keeping your promises. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Speak the truth plainly and don't embellish or shift things or tell a half of the truth. Proverbs 25:14 says, A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. They're like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift that he does not give. Reeve translation, there's no substance. They're just a vapor. I'm telling you, my precious friends, broken promises are the number one cause of bitterness to children. And we tend to rationalize and, and you know, shake it off, thinking, well, something came up, I'm too busy. Broken promises. But mom, you said, but dad, you promised me. I am telling you, keep your word even if it's not convenient yeah. or beneficial to you. Don't cop out and say, well, my circumstances changed. Scripture says that God blesses the one who walks in integrity and who keeps his promises even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. You guys got really quiet. Number two, it's going to get better. Everybody say, ouch. You become a person of integrity by paying your bills. 
have financial integrity. It grieves me that when we do things for church and we have vendors come here and we bring in animals or we bring in food, they say, well, you need to pay up front. And we say, well, we'll pay you half and then pay you when you come. And they say, no, because we've had churches in the past that don't pay us. Okay, you all went, ooh, that's not good. But do you pay your bills? Do you spend more money than you make? I told you to say, ouch. Do you keep your financial promises? Don't default on your loans. Yeah. Proverbs 37, 21, now smile at me. Don't be hating me. I'm reading scripture. I'm be, don't shoot the messenger. We're talking about a pure heart. We, we all have to clean these things up. The wicked man borrows, but he does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. I know that some of you even rationalize that the government's wasting money and you don't need to pay your taxes. And I'm saying to you, listen, the issue's not what they're doing and they're gonna have to be accountable. Everybody's accountable for their decisions, their actions. We are called to be people of financial integrity. All right? Okay. If you don't like my message, I'll have John preach it tomorrow. Number three. You become a person of integrity by refusing to gossip. Now, some of you are sitting there saying, I never gossip. It's not just when you say something bad about someone. It's when you're around other people and you're nice to somebody to their face. And then when they're gone, you slice up, cut them off at the knees and you tear them apart. Some of you do it on social media about politics or their belief system. I mean, I've seen so much dissension since COVID hit over masks and shots and politics. It says in Proverbs 16, 23, intelligent people think before they speak. That's my Reeve translation of that verse. Good. Proverbs 11:13, a gad about gossip can't be trusted with a secret, but someone of integrity won't violate a confidence. Are you safe for other people? Do you rub it in or do you rub it out? Listen, we're called to be different. We're not called to tear people apart, to criticize and be destructive with our words. We are called to build them up. Proverbs 10:18 says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever utters slander is a fool. Be somebody who builds somebody else up. If you're with a group and they start to just rip on whatever, walk away, yeah. just walk away. That's right. You don't have to tell them that they're, you know what they're, just walk away. Don't be a part of, well, and I think, and you know, let's not tear people apart. I'm telling you, I'm older. I have enough trouble taking care of my life. It is not my job to criticize or take care of your life. It is a full-time job for me to take care of my life. Let's build people up. Let's be different. Number four, be a person of integrity by faithfully tithing. Do you trust the Lord with your finances? Obviously, we have such a giving church. Church, it made me cry that you gave $55,000 to Dream Center. When Bob passed away, we gave, I think, about $50,000 to Dream Center. I was so thrilled that instead of flowers in lieu of that, that we were able to do something for eternity. You are the most generous giving church. But we always need to just be faithful in our tithing. Do we put them first? And I'm telling you, wherever you put your money, that's where your heart is, and that's the most important thing to you. Number five, <laughs> a person of integrity does their best at work. 
Do you have business integrity? Do you do your best or just slough off? I felt so guilty when I wrote this because I haven't been in the office for about seven weeks and now I'm back. And it's too bad I'm back because all I do is mess around when I'm here. I cause chaos and, and try to just get everybody laughing and I'm worse than a little mischievous kid and they're trying to work and I'm just trying to play and um, I don't always do well on this one. But I'm telling you, I have a good time and I was glad to be back at work this week. But then when I see John, now John's not as bad as, this is on tape, so I should be careful. Pastor Jim, I mean, I was always really careful at Faith Community with Pastor Jim because he was no nonsense. And I had the preschool and the school at Faith Community Church and we got these new little great tricycles and I immediately got on a tricycle and I was running all through the halls and all over and I decided to see how fast I could ride that trike to my office and I went in the door by my office and Jim walked out and I about knocked him off his feet and I put that trike away and went on good behavior around him. Proverbs 18.9 says, slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. Here's my point. God is your boss. Are you giving your best at work? Wouldn't it be amazing if people only wanted Christians because of their integrity, their purity of heart, their value system, how hard they work. They don't take things home. They put in a full day. They don't cut corners. It says in Ephesians 6, 6, don't work hard only when your master is watching and then shirk when he isn't looking. Work hard and with gladness. Yeah. Say gladness. gladness. All the time. I don't work with gladness all the time. Work with gladness all the time as though you're working for Christ, doing the will of God with your heart. God wants you to work hard and work with gladness. Colossians 3.22, the end of that verse says, don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. I pray that you all do your best. And then a person of integrity is real with other people, not hypocritical, not deceitful, the same, the same with other people. I went to the store two months ago. I went in the store to buy dog food. I was in a hurry. I went in there. Nobody was around. I saw two salespeople talking to each other. I got really frustrated. Okay, I'm the customer. They need to come and let me pay for this dog food so I can get out of here. I also had Gracie with me, which is really, don't ever take your dog into Petco. They say take your dog in Petco. Are you kidding? She was pulling everything she could get a hold of off of the racks, any, any treat, any stuffed animal. So I'm waiting for a salesperson to come, and they're talking. And I finally said, hello, hi. And I smiled, even though I was really irritated, like, get over here and help me. And so a gal came over and she said, oh, hi, Pastor Sherry. Are you the same wherever you go? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Are you the same? Pastor Sherry, I just went to your church about a month ago. I loved it. Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah, it's so good to see you. Tell me about yourself. Gracie's destroying the stores. I'm standing there talking to her. I walked out there. I felt this big. Really? Really? I'm in a hurry, and I'm going to be rude to somebody who came to our church? I mean, it's bad enough to be rude and not be the same, but really? I'm just saying. Second Corinthians. I know you all have done that, too. Come on. I am not the only one. 2 Corinthians 4.2, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver or manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist 
God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. Message Bible. You can keep it real by caring more about God's approval than people's approval. Do you care about what God thinks about how you're living your life? And then one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm going to be reading out of the message, Philippians 4.8. I have this all over in my house. I have it on the fridge where I see it all the time. When I go to get my ice cream, I have it on my mirror in my bathroom. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by fulfilling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not to curse. I want to pause for a minute and talk to you about pornography. The latest statistics say that one out of five inquiries on the Internet, and it's probably more like two, to be honest, are related to pornography. It says that at least 68 to 75% of men are looking at pornography once a week. It says that 18 to 20% of women view pornography now. Something that we used to not talk about and we'd put in the back room has now become common. You see where you go, you see things on TV you used to not see, you see it in movies, you hear things you used to not hear. Sexting, which is texting naked pictures, are pictures that aren't appropriate to someone else. It is rampant with not just young people, but old people, even older than I am. <sighs> Scary thought. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's alarming, my precious friends, to me what's taking place. It's alarming to me that even in my own life that I've fallen into a numbness. Things that would have bothered me 20 years ago, now I just kind of think that's part of life. When I was preparing for this weekend, I was reminded that Jeremiah said that there's going to come a day when people like have a numbness that fall on them and that they'll no longer have the capacity to blush. I think even I in my life am living in that day when I don't blush at things I used to blush at because the numbness is set in. Here's my point. Let's let the Holy Spirit convict, cleanse us, and sanctify us. We need to resist temptation and go before God and help us break off these footholds that turn into strongholds. I don't find myself as shocked as I was years ago, and that doesn't mean it's any better today because Scripture hasn't changed even though the world has. We're called to walk in light. We're called to walk in light. The Titanic, everybody thought, was unsinkable. It was using a new technology, and they took the whole of the ship, and they literally divided it into compartments rather than just one big integrated hole because they figured if it ever got flooded with the compartments, it would be okay. But as we all know, the Titanic sank big time. Over 1,522 people lost their lives. James Cameron has a quote, and he said, the Titanic is a metaphor of life. We're all on the Titanic. In reality, our life is like a ship, and you might be sailing along smoothly through still waters, and you might think that you're just cruising through life, but if your integrity gets damaged, you're going to sink. James Cameron said that. If the integrity in your life is breached, you're headed for trouble, my precious friends. You're headed for a major catastrophe. If you're segregating your life and not integrating 
and not being pure and whole in your life, it's going to catch up with you at some point. You know, even though we're well-meaning people, we sometimes compartmentalize our life. And we're making a titanic mistake. And the bottom line is, we're headed for tragedy. There's a popular phrase that goes around today, and I hear people say, well, what I do in my private life, it's my business, and it has no effect on anyone else. What does it matter? No one will ever know. I mean, we hear it. We hear it from the White House down. We hear people say it all the time. And if you think that what you do in your private life is only affecting you, you are sorely mistaken. Because the bottom line is what you do in your private life will eventually spread into your work life, your family life, your marriage life, your gym life. And the decisions you make, you're either making a decision to be a blessing and a legacy for thousands of generations are a curse. Integrity is important because it pleases God. God is truth. It says in Proverbs 11:20, the Lord hates people with a twisted heart, but he delights in those who have integrity. I read that earlier. Don't rationalize your life with a lot of excuses. What does it matter? Because deception, my precious friends, will come in and it will destroy, devour, and distort your heart. God should be the only audience that you care about. Your integrity will affect the lives of other people. Who you are impacts those around you. Proverbs 27 says, good people who live honest lives will be a blessing to their children. It impacts the world around you. Like I said earlier, you're the only Jesus or Bible that some people are ever going to see. It breaks my heart when people don't want to go to church or be a Christian because of somebody they were around and how they were. It's a travesty. We should be different. It says in Proverbs 11:11, 11, the influence of good people makes the city great. Proverbs 14:34 says, doing what is right makes a nation great. When you live your life with integrity, it'll bring other people to God. It will draw them close to you and give you the opportunity to see them having eternity with Him. And then the third thing is it blesses me when I walk in integrity. Listen, I'm not telling you to be perfect. I'm not telling you to be without sin. I'm telling you to have a heart that seeks after God, that goes before Him and says, God, I know there's areas I need to clean up. Tonight, what I shared with you, I need to clean up those areas. I am only sharing with you what I need to learn. And you would think at this age I'd get it, but I don't get it. Because sometimes we get off a little and pretty soon we're off a lot. Proverbs 11, 5 through 6 says, Moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. There's medical evidence, significant evidence, that when you live with integrity, that you'll live healthier and longer because you're walking with God's peace and confidence. When you don't have integrity, you're stressed, you're fatigued, and it tears down your heart and mind. There's dissonance and there's a disconnect. Boldness comes from doing the right thing and it'll produce confidence in your life. I want to be a woman of integrity. Proverbs 27, 21 says, A person is worth what his reputation is worth. I desire to serve my Heavenly Father and be a beacon of light to those around me. Fortunately, God looks down and He doesn't see the hot mess I am. He sees my heart. He knows when I've failed miserably. And yet He's there with His loving arms. 
picking me up again, forgiving me, and letting me go again and again. Because he knows that I'm trying and I want to be like him, and I don't want to please the world. I want to be like him. I want to see people go to heaven. I want to see people be discipled and strong followers of him that will handle things happening in life. I want people to bring encouragement and life to those around them. I pray, my precious friends, that you'll seek to live your life with integrity, that you'll think, speak, live, and act according to the word and his commandments. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you came and died for our sins and that you're a perfect example of integrity. Thank you that you died on the cross for us. And Lord, tonight we surrender to you. I pray, God, that you will help us to have pure motives. Will you touch your eyes right now? God, I pray that you'll give us your eyes and anoint us to see the things of you. Only those things, God, that we should look at and take in. Give us, God, a determined, pure spirit. Let us be guarded and careful of what we participate in and take in. Let us carefully watch what we're watching, God. Touch your ears with me. Lord, we touch our ears and we ask that they won't be trash containers, but they'll be treasure containers filled, God, with your goodness, your truth, and wholesome things. Let us be cautious of what we take in, things that are there to harm and destroy and hurt us. Let us guard our eyes and our ears. Now will you touch your forehead? God, anoint our minds and renew our minds and let us study and learn the word and live the word. God, I pray that we'll fall deeply in love with your word and we'll carefully filter what we allow in our heart and mind. Let us treasure purity in our life and let us pass this legacy on from this day forward to our family and touch and minister to those around us. I thank you, God, for your grace and love and we don't always keep all the promises we make to others, but I pray tonight that we'll make a shift, God, that we'll watch our words and watch our promises, that we'll manage our money, that we won't spend more than we make or get in debt, and that we'll pay back our debts. God, I pray that we'll be more disciplined and wise with our finances. Let us not destroy people or slander them with our words, God. May we edify, encourage, and build up those around us and not be destructive or harmful with the words we speak in our actions. I need to pause for a moment. Listen, there's some of you here that are thinking, I haven't left a legacy. I've messed up. That is not a word from God. I stand against that word because today's the day that you can make a shift. You can make a difference. It doesn't matter what your past is. Your past doesn't determine your future. Your past is just a chapter in the book of life. And you can still run the race and end up strong. So, Lord, I pray that that word will go forth to whoever's online that needs to hear it and whoever's here that needs to hear it. We don't always work hard and do our best. And I pray, God, that, you know, the days that we don't even like our job, that we'll work with integrity and we'll serve you and we'll joyfully do what we're called to do. We commit to being a person of integrity with a pure heart. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Help us to stay in your word and stay pure, God. I pray our faith will go deeper, stronger, immovable, unshakable. We'll be quick to forgive, have a repentant heart, and that we'll strive to be like you. Thank you, God, that you give us a purpose, a peace, a plan, and power in our life. And we humbly ask all of this in your precious name and all of God's beautiful people said, Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.